Today, we have a very special guest, Miss Tabitha, who is in an online community with me. Hi, Tabitha. Hi, Bobby. Great to see you. You too. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Do you mind starting off by sharing a little about yourself, maybe where you're from, what do you do, all that good stuff? Sure. I actually live in the Mitten State, the great state of Michigan, and I am a 25-year entrepreneur. My background is, just in a nutshell, I was a single mom at 19 and thought my mom said I should do something with my life, so I became a nurse. Loved my career as a nurse because I always wanted to have a career while I was making a difference, changing lives. And uh, long story short, my boss wouldn't give me two hours to go to my daughter's Christmas play when she was in kindergarten. He said, we're too short staffed. I said, we've been short staffed since I started. He said, welcome to the medical field. And it was like a, you know, uh, wow, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure this is the direction I want to head. And so I changed careers into the financial space. And for 25 years, I've owned and operated uh, a few different, several uh, or a few different uh, full service financial firms financial planning firms, I should say. Wow. Well, that's good. You have 25 years experience because that a lot of that's still very foreign to me. Sure. Sure. So it's foreign to me when I started too. You currently work for Primerica, correct? Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's where I've been for the whole 25 years. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me a little about going into that? Because actually we've never really dug deep into this and I'm very curious. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. So, uh, kind of back to the story again, my, when I was going to college to become a nurse, my husband and I got married and we started our, had our second child and, but he never wanted to work for somebody. So he's an entrepreneur by spirit. And so the, the, goal or the commitment that we made is he worked two and three jobs while I was going to college and I worked full time while I was going to college because my parents made too much money for me to get any financial aid. So we paid cash for my college education, but he never wanted to work somewhere. He did that for me and for my goals and what was important to me in life at the time. And uh, what the whole mission was when I got the, what I thought was going to be the good job, as my parents called it anyways, because I was raised in corporate America. And uh, I always said, you can go live your dream and open up and start your own business. So when he started his business, I knew that managing the financials of the business would fall on me. So I started researching it. I've always been a numbers girl. I love math. I love problem solving. You know, I'm very analytical. So, so I started studying it. And here was the interesting part. Every what I interviewed a financial planner that was supposed to be helping us with retirement and wealth 
strategies. And what I found is, is a lot of them were selling me life insurance as a retirement strategy. Mm. And when I was reading the financial planning books, none of them, not one that I had read, you know, I started with personal finance for dummies because I knew nothing about money except for it didn't matter how much money we made. I still felt like we were always broke and didn't have any money. And I just didn't understand. Now, here I was 24 years old. We were making a combined income of about $85,000. And I felt like we had less money than when I was going to college and had no money. And I was like, how is this possible? And what I found out, it was that college, my husband has a business degree and uh, I have a science or, you know, applied science degree for nursing, but neither one of us were taught anything about money management. We were taught, go get an education so you can get a good job and a good job is going to afford you a great living. Like my parents have made a six figure income all my life. And so I did exactly that and never felt more broke. And I was just like, so I took it upon myself to learn about money. And then, so the whole, when I was ready to make a career and I ran into Primerica, um, my best friend said, Hey, Tabitha, I gave this lady your name. And, uh, and I told her you'd give her 10 minutes. So give her 10 minutes. And I was like, what's it about? She said money. And I was like, you know, I don't have any money. Why'd you send her my way? You know, I said, you know, Al's starting up this business and blah, blah, blah. And she says, yeah, I know. That's why I sent her your way. Ah. And that's how I was introduced to Primerica. And she offered me an, actually the funny story is she offered my husband, the entrepreneur, an opportunity to come work for Primerica. And he was like, oh no, mm -mm. <laughs> not for me. You want to talk to my wife about that. And I was like, no, not for me. I'm an introvert. I, you know would never do sales. And, you know, she said, but would you be interested in learning about money? And so I really thought if all I ever did was learn about money, it would change our financial future. So that's the only reason why I got involved. I never really planned on being here 25 years later. I thought if they were willing to teach me about money, I was willing to learn because at the hospital, I was always taking extra classes to get extra certifications because each, like when in the medical field, the more initials you have after your name, the more money you make. So, you know, I, that's what I was looking to do because I thought the answer to our situation was to make more money. But what I found out was the answer was really to learn how to manage the money. Because if you can't manage a little, you'll never be able to manage a lot. Right. So Primerica answered those questions for you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And what did the shift look like? Do you mind giving us some examples of maybe what the shift looked like from pre-Primerica to then what it yeah. looked like in your yeah. household? Well, really interesting enough, we went from making $85,000 a year. So I worked for Primerica very part-time for six months while I pursued uh, my nursing career. And my husband was working on his own business. And like I said, when they wouldn't give me time off to go to my daughter's Christmas play. And by the way, I'm really blessed individual because my husband, when we got married, 
promised I'd never have to choose between the career and the kids because that's what my mom always had to do. She was the breadwinner. And so when my boss wouldn't give me that time off and here I knew that I could make money at this, I really still wasn't for sure if it was a career fit for me. But when my boss wouldn't give me that time off, my husband simply said, well, just leave. He's very, um, uh, like Grant Cardone teaches, make a decision, take action and figure it out later. Yeah. I'm the, you know, got to think it about, I don't know about this. And, and so I, 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 I left my career. I put my two weeks notice in and I thought I better do this before he changes his mind, (laughs) you know, because I was the breadwinner. His income was still at a point where it was fluctuating. So went from making $85,000 a year to $30,000 a year. Wow. But making $85,000 a year, we were always paying our bills late, robbing Peter to pay Paul. And with the education I received from Primerica on how to manage the money, we never paid a bill late. Wow. Because we understood how to manage the money. Wow. So that's where the transition was. I was still not sold on being here full time. What my plan was, is I was going to work for Primerica for two years, part time till both of our children got into school full time. And then I was going to open up a hospice nursing facility. I still never saw myself doing this as a career. It was just a temporary means to an end. And so I was going to open up the hospice nursing facility, had written the business plan all out. It got, a, got an approval for a quarter of a million dollar loan to have this facility. And it was going to be like a $5,000 a month payment. That was scary for me. After I had learned what Primerica taught <laughs> about debt. And, you know, then what happened is I made... Um, I made 32,000 my first year part-time here. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And back then too, you're talking 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So 30,000 is probably what? 60, 70 today. Yeah, exactly. And so I said, I won't go to my other position. I won't go in the direction I'm thinking. If you pay me $50,000 a year, because I didn't know any different, but I knew I wanted $50,000 a year and to make my own schedule. Wow. And what they, they mapped it out for me. This is what you would have to do to make $50,000 a year. And for most people, that would be scary because we're used to salaries just like I was or hourly wages. But when they mapped it out for me, see, and one of the things in the hospital setting was I was always working on my next promotion or where I was going and moving up that corporate ladder. And they always said, hey, if you do this X, Y, and Z, we'll see if we can make that happen for you. But it never seemed to happen for me because somebody who knew somebody who whatever (laughs) it was, right? And so when they mapped it out for me, my question was, so you mean I'm in control of this? I'm in control of my promotion, my upward mobility and my income. I control all of that. And I, I understood way back then, Bobby, that nobody could outwork me. 
because I'm not lazy. My mom did not raise lazy children. She also taught me early on that nobody's ever going to hand anything to you on a silver platter, Tabitha. So whatever you want, you're will you're going to have to be willing to go work your butt <laughs> off, right? Yeah. To make that happen. And I was willing to do the work. I never expected somebody. Has it been hard? Has there been difficult times? Yes. But two years into my career here, Primerica offered me the opportunity for ownership. So like I own this franchise. I didn't go into debt for it. Like I would have had to for the hospice nursing facility, they gave me ownership paperwork and stock awards and all these different things. And I thought, why would I go into debt? Wow. And I fell in love with what we do for people because their light bulb went off just like mine. So when you say a franchise, what is, so you have other people, is that what it is? Your franchise is other people? Well, well, how the financial structure works or the financial industry works is it, this is a, like a state farm agency, right? Or uh, Edward Jones, you know, location. Okay. That's exactly how my location is. The only difference in a lot of them is they have to buy the name. So they have to buy the name to use state farm. Okay. That, or, and then in the, like other facilities like Edward Jones and different facilities like that, they don't own their agency. What that means is, is if I were to retire I can sell all of the advisors that work for me. I have 19 licensed advisors who work in my office. Wow. So when I'm ready to retire, what I'm selling is the completely trained and developed agency. I'm not selling my book of business because that pays me a residual income. I'm selling the agency that I've trained and developed. And let me tell you, Bobby, it was not easy. It's still not easy today finding the right people as entrepreneurs ourselves. The number one thing I hear from business owners is finding the right people. What I learned from Grant is if I want to attract the right individuals, it's me. I have to work on me. And so that's one of the things I'm learning, you know, uh, it's, you know, I'm a giver. So, you know, I used uh, Dave Kent permission to coach. I do that all the time now. <laughs> Are you coachable? You know, because that's one of the things that I've learned that I did not necessarily know how to do. Now I was involved in sports and I'm competitive and, you know, but I'm an introvert by nature. Do you know how, when Grant says I'm a extroverting introvert, is that yeah, how he yeah. says it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. That would be me. Yeah. Because I'm just, uh, yeah, it's just, I'm the person in the corner watching everybody. Right. I'm not the person who's putting myself out there, but I've had to learn as a leader and a business owner, you know, sometimes yeah. you got to do uncomfortable things if you want, you know. Sometimes sure feels like often <laughs> on that yeah, scale. Exactly. Yeah. Of course, you have to force yourself, right? Yes. And it, it's funny that you're talking about the 
like the staffing piece. And I don't know if it's because our last class that was part of the focus and it's fresh on my brain, but there are a lot of things that go into hiring the right team. And I believe right. it all starts with the performance starts with hiring the right people. Mm -hmm. so I'm actually mm -hmm. putting together something like that to actually help people because yeah, it, it, it's, I learned the hard way through yeah. a lot of, I guess it was good because I learned how to fire people too, or how to right. do all yeah. the things, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but man, it was a struggle. So yeah, yeah, it is. And because I have the tendency to, or did, let me rephrase that, uh, to give the person who doesn't necessarily have the experience or the I, I want to give the benefit of the benefit of the doubt all the time, you know, and as I'm studying and learning and now mind you, I've been doing this for 25 years, right? But it's been a 25 year battle of, you know, doing the right things and giving people way too many chances and, you know, and, and that's because I care more about their feelings. Right. And, and, and I also think that I believe more in them and their abilities than they believe in themselves. So and how, how did you break that habit then? Uh, well, I'm working on breaking that habit. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, and what it is, is I have to realize now it's a little different here. And probably you heard me talking to Sherry Hamilton, who I think is just like a beast when it comes to hiring the right people and getting rid of them and setting expectations. So I actually had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with her when I was at uh, Cardone headquarters and she said, it starts with the expectation that I need to set the expectation. That way it's a non-emotional situation when they haven't met the expectation. And I kind of had to retrain my brain because I don't know in the personality profiles, I'm all relationship. Mm. So that's a really, really tough struggle of mine. But I also have to remember in the end that uh, the wrong person impacts the entire organization. Yeah. So, and that's what I remind myself of. And then not to be emotional about it. It's not an emotional decision. You can't emotionally react. Did you understand the expectations? Yes. Do you feel you met those expectations? No. Okay. So the, the decision's mutual. Yes. Because the reality of it is, is they're not happy either. Because if they were happy, and this is one of the things that Sherry said, because if they were happy, and it's not necessarily, but if they were feeling accomplished or, or feeling like there was room for them to grow and that they would, then they would put in the work. Exactly. And then she said that some people are just lazy, Tabitha. <laughs> You can't fix lazy. And it's hard to wrap your head around it if you're a worker. Like you said, you always knew that your performance, yeah. you would take it into your own hands. And yeah. um, it's hard yeah. to fathom. Why would you, why would you want to waste your whole day? Like, don't, you know, time goes by faster if you're busy and right. 
yeah. it is hard to wrap your head around if you're not that kind of person. Yeah. And I just, I just really can't fathom it. And I could sit here forever trying to figure out what I could have done differently. But what she said was what you can't do is the work for them. Because if you were going to do the work, why would you hire them? Exactly. And it's like, oh, okay. You know? And so I just have to have those little reminders and the self-talk with your, with myself, right? Tabitha, this isn't about you, you know, and, but like you said, finding the right people up front. And one of the things that I'm noticing is when you hang around the right people, they hang around the right people, and then you get in front of the right people. Mm -hmm. And then it's less of digging for, I don't know if you've ever went panning for gold. And then in that, you know, um, what do you call it? Touristy context. Yes. Right. Right. So if you're hanging around the right people and surrounding yourself with the right people, you find more gold. Right. But when you're hanging around, you know, and, and so I think that that's really changed my business because it's changed to me, you right. know, and, and forcing yourself to be the person you want to be for the desired outcome and not the person you've always been. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the quiet, shy, shy Tabitha that everybody takes advantage of because I'm so nice and they know they can. Right. Yes, I'm learning. There's definitely attributes that I'm not crazy about. And in reflecting, it's like, mm, maybe if I didn't do this in corporate America, I would have been better off, you know, those kinds of opportunities. Sure. But then I also feel pretty passionate about I'm not in corporate America and I could do what I want now. Exactly. So exactly. Exactly. There was a funny story that my daughter, uh, when she was growing up, she always loved seeing our name on the door as we come into the office or our office. And she's like, she, you know, she was little and she'd be like, mom, this is ours. That's our name on the door. And there's something about that. That's like, yes, it is. This is the legacy that we're building for our family. And I remember, I don't know if they still do this because my children are older, but you know, when you could do the bring your child to work day. Yes. Well, my daughter always wanted to be my secretary for the day. <clears throat> So I think she was like 10 years old and it was bring your daughter to work. She's like, mommy, I get to be your secretary today. So I let her answer the phone. She practiced this for a week, you know, good Aww. afternoon, Primerica. This is Rebecca. How can I help you? You know, and she practiced this and she would say, can you hold for one minute and I'll transfer you to Tabitha. You know, she, she knew not to say, I'll transfer you to mommy. You know, but, and uh, I remember picking up the phone and this gentleman said, that sounded like it was a little kid answering the phone. <laughs> and I said, it most certainly was my 10 year old daughter. I said, it has been her goal for years to come be my secretary for the day. And today is that day that I got to make that dream come true. And he said, oh, I would never have a, a child answering the phone. And I said, well, it's a good thing. It's my business and not yours. <laughs> good answer. Right. And that's kind of the things and the, what gets us through the tough times. Cause they're all, you know, there's times when things don't work out and, and, you know, 
it's it's just life but we learn how to react to it differently that's so true so i have i have two different directions i want to go and i'm trying to be strategic here sure so are these skill sets I guess because we're in grants group, I'm going to be a little nosy about that too. That's all right. How are, is this why you joined grants group, I guess would be one question to kind of acquire those skill sets. And then how long have you been there and what does that journey look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Great question, Bobby. So I started with grants group in October of last year, never knew who grant was. And it was just something, I don't know if free, so someone in Primerica that makes a million dollars a year, I reached out to him because of COVID and all of that. And I said, you know, what do I need to do? Cause I'm feeling stuck here. And I came here and I've been sitting around about $65,000 a year, working about 20 hours a week for the last 25 years, because my husband makes well over six figures. So I didn't really have to work. It was just, you know, not who I am to do nothing. And, uh, so I always say my income paid for the kids' sports and all of that. And, you know, so he said, what do you do? And he, what do I need to do to get to a million in income? Now, mind you, I was like, I didn't even know if it was possible to go from 65 to a million. And uh, I said, I'm going to go to, I said, what would it take to me to get for me to get to a million in, you know, the next five, 10 years? And he said, I need you to study Grant Cardone for one year. I wow. had no clue who Grant Cardone was, never heard of him. And I, and he said, read this book first. And it was, um, it was, uh, be obsessed or be average. Oh, okay. And, uh, so I'm like, okay. So I kind of looked up Grant and you know how it works. All of a sudden I was getting flooded with all this stuff about Grant Cardone and I was kind of just mm, sitting back, I, you know, and, and I looked up him on YouTube and happened to listen to one of his YouTube videos, the young hustler with Jared. And I was like, Oh no, Mm-mm. this is not for me, <laughs> not for me at all. But then I took a, I don't know, it was like a free class. And then it turned into a the three-day boot camp, and then I went to, and I had never done this before in my life, but then when they announced the accelerator program, and I was just like, you know, maybe it's time. We've invested in my husband's business. I've invested in my people. Maybe it's time I start investing in Tabitha. Yes. And that it was like this. I had never spent that kind of money. I was like, maybe I should go home and talk to my husband first, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. And, and, uh, and uh, I'm like, whatever, you know, so I, I started the accelerator program. And this is when I knew it was the right thing. And I'm a believer. So I feel like, you know, God confirms the decisions that I make. And so that night when I had to make the down payment for the accelerator program, uh, we cut checks every day. So that night on the uh, check cycle, I had a check that I wasn't expecting for the same amount as that down payment. <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, yeah. Okay. So how it's changed my life is it's made me more confident and it's made me a better leader because I know how to lead 
and I don't emotionally, <clears throat> excuse me, get involved in their success. Their success is up to them. And so what I initially tried to do was get them to do what I was doing. That didn't work out because they didn't have any skin in the game like I did. Right. You know, and so what happened is I was sitting around five, six grand a, a month in income in October and November, I made 15 grand. Wow. So just December, a month or two into the program, even. You're yeah, not even this, yeah. In December, I made another 15 grand. So my income is almost tripled since I started the program. Wow. And so now I've invested in the corporate program to get my team on board. But again, it was, I'm learning the skill set. See, here's what I thought. I make money. I sell. I know how to do this. I've done million dollar investments over and over again. So I know how to do that. But then I started studying and I thought, Tabitha, you do not. You're good at the people side of it, but really, you know, I, I, I'm good at getting people to like me and trust me. So that's just kind of natural because of who I am. It's that relationship person, but the whole sales process, I'm, I'm really the whole overcoming objections. Okay. I know the answers, but do I do it or did I, mm -hmm. Okay. To understanding their concerns or areas of so now you know um and then transferring that knowledge to the team so I got the team so I invested I thought I kept saying you know all my advisors are independent contractors so they are their own business right so why would I spend money to get them in corporate or uh, card on you when they're all independent and then uh, Nick Marquise, he said, Tabitha, your people need to know that you believe in them. Are you willing to invest in them so they'll invest in themselves? And so I had to kind of, you know, process that in my own brain because I'm, a, and, and so, you know, we started, we're 15 days in, 15 days into corporate. Uh, so the team has access to it. And it's really interesting to see um, who is actually doing something with that and who isn't. And it was shocking. That's all I have to say. Can you make it mandatory? Like Natalie was talking about, no, see, I'm going to make it mandatory, even though my team is independent contractors. Like yeah. when she talked about you miss three days, you don't work. We can't there. fire them. That's the problem. You can, we can't. Ah, uh, okay. So unless they do something illegal or unethical or something of that nature, we can't, we can't even force them to show up for training. Wow. Now I can set the expectation and not provide, you know, uh, coaching or, but yeah, no, it's a little different in the, in this space. So that makes it hard. So no, I wish I could. You know, well, at least you know where to focus your energy based exactly. on putting in so that exactly. clears the playing field. Right. And the other thing that was beneficial is I own the spots in Cardone U. So if you're not taking advantage of it, I'm going to take it away from you and give it to somebody who's going to use it. Right. So I, and that's a blessing with it too. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. I can't, I can't wait to get the team on. They had they were just blown away by growth con. 
They've yeah. never experienced anything like yeah. that. It's not really a big part of the Filipino culture to, you know, pay attention to this stuff. So, right, right. Yeah. A- I had six people uh, attend GrowthCon virtually from yeah. my office. That's great. So, yeah. And they're the six people that were on Cardone U. That's but, odd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but out of the six, only 50% of them, it'd be really interesting to know what the numbers are. I should ask Sherry that. I'm going to write that down. How many people that they hire actually do that? And, you know, the, at Cardone, you know, if you get a job at Cardone, it's three and you're out. If you don't do training three times before 8.20 in the morning, you're out. You're done. If you show up late three times, you're done. You know, so I would, it would be really interesting to know what the percentage of the individuals they hire actually just to kind of be, have some type of a benchmark measurable, you know, number for myself. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. But right now it's 50%. Wow. So, okay. So now of course, I could talk about Grant all day and someday yeah, I'm sure up to be like yeah. a licensee. The stuff must be starting to stick because when I have team meetings, I sound just like him now. Like I'm like, okay, things are right. things are making sense. Um, yeah. So if I was a client, what does Primerica do for me? Well, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. Because the more people who understand what Primerica does, So it's different for a business owner than it is for an individual or an individual family. But basically what we do as a whole is we take a look at your entire income and all of your expenses. And we identify, so I always ask them, if I could solve one fundamental financial problem to start with, what problem do you need solved? And so typically, what do you think the number one problem is that they would say when it comes to money? I have two thoughts. One is either retirement and the other is credit card debt. Okay, yeah. So you're right. They People today don't ever feel confident that they're gonna have enough money to retire. But the other part of that is, is they don't feel like they have enough money coming in right now or enough extra cash flow to put any more in retirement. So it's usually a cash flow issue. And it's not, see what people think, business owners and individuals alike, they think the answer is, I need to make more money. But what we notice 90 plus percent of the time is it's not that they really need. So I just did a family yesterday and they told me they had absolutely no money and to put towards a plan. And so I always ask if I can find the money, are you willing to make the necessary changes to solve these problems? And they say, yes, right? And so this family had about $1,500 a month that was going out that one, they didn't know where it went. It was $1,500. That's a lot of money. Exactly. So if we can figure out where the 15 and you know, the $1,500 is I'm going to stop at big P and get a 
you know, spend $10 for a coffee or, you know, I don't know where it is, or they, they're kidding themselves about how much they spend eating out or on convenient stuff, whatever it is. And it's really comes down to a priority. I never tell them not to eat out and not to stop at Big B. I do the same thing. If I want to stop at Big B, I want to stop at Big B. The difference is how much money do I have allocated to stop at Big B? Okay. So if I don't have the money in my wallet to pay cash for Big B, or, you know, it could be this, I want you to take $20 a week and put it on your Big B, you know, rewards card. And that's what you get for the week at Big B. You spend it all in two days. That's all you're spending. Is Big B a convenience store, gas station? Kind no, of it's a coffee shop. Oh, all right. I'm glad I asked because I had no yeah, idea. What, I, in, in the States here, it's a coffee shop. So like Starbucks, Big B, um, I don't know what okay. what you guys have. but I yeah, like Duncan. No. Okay, yeah. Uh, so it's something like that. It's a convenience. You can get food or beverages, right? So it's just a convenience thing. So, and uh, the other thing that they were doing, you mentioned debt. And you're right, people feel like they have way too much debt. And so one of the things is we develop a strategy to get them out of debt. This same client was spending an extra $100 a month paying extra, like throwing a couple five bucks on this five bucks, because we've been trained all of our lives not to make the minimum payments. Right. So what they're doing is paying a little extra on everything. And they still were going to be in debt for, you know, 29 years. Wow. They just bought a new house, a half a million dollar house a year ago. And then with the other debts. So that hundred dollars that they were paying extra on these debts, it was only saving them a total of $265 in interest charges. That was it. Wow. And it was a hundred dollars a month. Mm. So I said, you're spending $1,200 this year to save 265 over the next five years because it was on these uh, little debts, car payments, credit cards, things like that. I said, so you're spending $1,200 a year to save 265. Does that make sense to you? And they're like, no. I'm like, I understand why you're doing it because that's what we've been trained right. to do. So we took the $100, allocated it elsewhere. So, and that's where we started. We literally started this couple with $100. Nice. And we'll gradually, now we have a follow-up where we're adding in, they want to take a trip to Ireland for an anniversary a year from now. Well, you're not going to do that with $100. But it's getting them started, seeing that the plan works. And then she'll be finished with school. They're paying cash for tuition. She'll be done with that in the fall here. And we're going to take that thousand dollar tuition payment that she's, and we're going to put it towards the plan. Right. So it's a little by little and everybody's fundamental problem that they need solved is different. Right. So sometimes it's a cash flow and sometimes it's how I ended up here is I wanted to make more money and learn about money. So sometimes it's an opportunity for them to, I always say, what would you're going to go get a part-time job somewhere is making a little bit of extra money, but what are you going to do with the money? The reality of it is, is you're going to go blow it just like you're, you know, the rest of the money. <laughs> sure. 
true. I know it's the plan, but you know, that's what people do. They just learn how to spend what they make. So what if you could make some extra money and knew what to do with it? It's a good combination, sounds like. Exactly. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things. Uh, we set up people like pension-like structures. So this individual, uh, you know, with doesn't know what Social Security is going to look like. So we set up retirement accounts. One of the things that's a big uh, situation right now is with COVID, a lot of people had to make career changes. And so they have money sitting out there in 401ks and they don't know what to do with it or old retirement com- uh, plans. Nice. And so what we do is we educate them on what makes the most sense for them, you know, as far as what to do with those funds. And, you know, for small businesses goes back to the, we can't find good people. And one of the things we do is for small businesses, we put together benefits packages for their employees so they can keep good people. So they're not losing them to what happens today is they take less money to have a 401k, right? They take less money to have, you know, so we set up strategic plans, especially, and we specialize in 25 employees or less. We can do, you know, I'm working with a company right now that has 800. Wow. So we can do more, but we, we know that that 25 employees or less is a real underserved market because the big firms don't want to deal with them because there's not enough money in it for them. Right. uh, and we, we let them know they can offer something that doesn't have to cost the company a lot of money. That's so. good. I appreciate understanding that. So that's yeah. tucked away Thanks in my memory bank for future use. Yeah. So though, how can people find you? We're going to, I'm going to ask you that. And then I'll ask you my, my fun little, I ask everybody question before we okay. get going. Well, I'm on all the platforms, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, it's financial fitness gal on, on uh, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. It's Tabitha Schoberg. I have a business page there. They're both connected on Instagram. It's Tabitha Schoberg. And uh, I always post a lot of uh, educational content there. You can private message me. Uh, you can email me. It's Tabitha Schoberg. It's spelled S J. O-B-E-R-G, if you wanted to, to private message me, if you have any questions, I'd be more than happy to answer anything. But like I said, there's not too many Tabitha Schobergs. I actually haven't met another one. So uh, you should find me on any platform. Okay, awesome. And we'll put the links in the notes, but it's always good to call it out for those driving. Okay, now this doesn't have to be business related, but it can be. But Tabitha, what is your favorite book? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill okay. is, I mean, I could say, you, you know, uh, any of the Grant Cardone books, but that one is all about our attitude in life uh, and how we think about things. If we change our thinking, we change our life. And uh, so Rich Dad, Poor Dad would be a close second, uh, just personally, you know. And uh, the last one that I would say is um, The Millionaire Next Door, I think is always a great uh, quick read. 
the millionaire. Yeah, the millionaire next door. Great book. So uh, those those would be some of my top ones that I go back to over and over again. You know, when you're in that moment in life and you're like, man, and it and I'm the the type of individual that I have like four books on my nightstand. You know, I'm that girl. It's like sometimes. I don't want something that's going to have to make me think really hard. Right. You know, your day is data and, uh, you know, it's like, sometimes I just don't want to think that hard. So I'm looking for something that will just improve my, my, you know, the six inches between my two ears. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So, well, thank you for three suggestions and thank you for being here. It was, yeah, I appreciate the time. And um, I guess I'll be seeing you around. Thank you to all my listeners for checking Miss Tabitha out. All right. Thank you.